It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network for episode number 92 of Lacrosse Classified here on a Tuesday Great show lined up for you once again here for EP92. I'm going to introduce him right off the top. He is the voice of the New England Black Wolves, among other things. I'll let him spill it all out. It's none other than Brendan Glasheen co-hosting this week as it's Black Wolves week here on EP92. Daryl Gibson, assistant coach of the Wolves, will join us here in about 20 minutes from now. But uh, Glash, thanks for doing this. Excited to have you co-hosting this week. What's going on? Of course. Thank you very much for having me, Jumbo. I mean, I'm starting to now understand why you might have wanted to have uh, some Black Wolves flavor on this episode, given what has gone on in the last week or so. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Uh, How about the timing on that? Uh, A lot of things happening in the den, so to speak. So... We will talk about all that, uh, me and you. We will talk about who we got uh, in quarter four. We got under review. I should probably tell you what under review is going to be. Maybe I'll, I'll just kind of spring that on you a little bit later, and, and then I'll get a genuine reaction Fine. out of you. You all right with that? Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, quick sticks, of course, as we'll catch you up to date in the world of lacrosse. Uh, Daryl Gibson coming up. And who we had, of course, but before we get to that uh, – What's going on? Now, you, you live back like in the New England area. I'm not sure where exactly, but uh, tell the people what you do away from the sport of lacrosse. you got a couple other gigs going on work-wise as well, and, and uh, tell the people about Brendan Glasheen that might not know you. Sure, yeah. I live just outside of Boston. I grew up in Massachusetts, um, two hours from Mohegan Sun, so I make that drive nine times a year. This year that was cut short for obvious reasons. Mm. Um, but the Black Wolves were a team that actually cut most of their home games in before the pandemic hit because of uh, just how the schedule worked out. But uh, I do some work with DraftKings uh, here in the Boston area. That's where the local office is. I've been working from home since mid-March. I kind of do some video hosting uh, for them, short piece videos based on fantasy advice across all sports. Football, basketball, baseball. Did we you, even had a little bit of the cross going on. I was going to say, yeah, DraftKings stepping up. Uh, did you get in on, on the – now, are you allowed to get in on the action with, with DraftKings when it comes to that sort of thing, or is that is that a no-no? No, not, no, not really. Um, but I was involved in some of the interviews we did with players, so Miles Jones, the guest of ours, just to kind of get caught up on how group play went. So we talked to him before the championship series – tournament got underway last week at the end of last week so it was good to talk to him but uh yeah and then i also do play-by-play uh the local colleges and other teams locally so university of new hampshire in durham uh doing football for them also some work at boston college a new hampshire basketball some hockey as well in hockey east yeah you stay busy uh, man. all right well hey yeah, like, like we only got like an He's hour or so together. here uh glass man holy cow like uh talk about so i guess you're kind of in in the same boat because i kind of do a little bit of that as well like i dabble in basketball and football and and some other sports uh around my local area as well but 
there's no sports going on right now, so it uh, it's it's been it's been tough. So that's uh, probably you're in the same boat as as I am when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, just wrapping up a, a weekend here. Had a great weekend here in British Columbia, and and actually uh, got a chance to get out to the box yesterday and, and play a little lacrosse. Christian Delbianco was out there. He uh, he had his goalie pads with him, but but didn't put them on. I think once he saw that I showed up, he was like, "Oh man, I'm not putting on the goalie pads." Uh, <laughs> And, and so he was playing out, but uh, G Money Gordy Bowden got in there, and we had some fun shooting around a bunch of guys, and uh, that was good to to kind of get out and, and pick up the stick and play a little lax. And uh, beautiful weather here on a Monday as this podcast comes out on a Tuesday. We should probably get into it here because we got Daryl Gibson coming up, Brendan, and, and that's who we had. Now I gotta be completely honest here, people, and, and I'm gonna come clean on this. I screwed up shockingly I, I screwed up the Twitter poll. This this is what I used to kinda rely on, on my partner Evan for. He would kinda handle the, the polls and the Twitter and the in the numbers and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so I actually posted up Jeff Schneider and Dan Latisseur twice, back to back weeks. So Snyder got to beat up Laddie too. <laughs> they were both bloodbaths. Like he 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 beat him up twice. So I I kind of feel bad about that. But I I screwed up one. I didn't post up the Rory Smith Daryl Singbell fight on the Twitter poll. But with that being said, I am like ultra confident, like a thousand and one percent confident that Rory Smith wins that fight against Singer. So. I'm sorry, Daryl Singbell and, and Singer fans out there that might have wanted to cast a few votes towards Daryl, but there's no way he's beaten the Mimico Mahler Rory Smith in round two. So although I screwed it up, I'll wear that. And, and if you got a problem with me advancing Rory Smith into the next round because I screwed, then I'll fight you and we'll settle it that way. How about that, Brennan? Uh, Rory Smith moving on. <laughs> past Daryl Singbell, even though I didn't get the Twitter vote right. You okay with that? that hey, that's fine with me. I mean, as long as you're uh, staying true to your word and that you uh, you promise to be better next time. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, <laughs> if, if we got a real problem, then, then, then we can fight about it. So uh, Nick Billick going up against goaltender Patty Campbell here, and the goalie is moving on. Cannonball gets past the Serbian Eagle here. Uh, not a not a convincing victory here for Cannonball, but he's through to round three with a fifty-seven percent vote here over Nikki Bielic. A little surprising. Say, I'm a little surprised. Yeah. Now I had a chance briefly with Shanny a couple years ago to meet to meet Nick, and. Was dealing with some injury stuff, as you can recall. It was it was the year before you got the task. Right. He's a he's a big dude. Like I can understand why <laughs> yeah. I can I can I can understand why there was some urgency for the rush to get him uh, back in the mix because he does give them a nice component of physicality and just someone that will go out there and uh, give himself up for his teammates. So at first, at all the hype for me being newer to the league a few years ago, I'm like, what is the obsession here? Like he's, he hasn't been in the round all that long, but I can understand from yeah. all different angles, broadcasters, coaches. I think you were there too. When, uh, Absolutely. you were Vancouver, yeah. when Vancouver but, was there. And that was, that was the, uh, the big debut 
for Village. So yeah, big team guy, and you're right, pretty big dude. But the funny part about it with him, he's he's probably like a, a super middleweight in in this this bracket. Like there are some really big dudes in this bracket, okay. but uh, right, he's gone, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, Vancouver Warriors Nick Bielich <laughs> is now out. Cannonball Patty Campbell moving on. Let's and, and this is the interesting thing here because. Cannonball Campbell going up against Soupy Campbell now. Campbell on Campbell in round three as Scott Campbell convincing victory over Thomas Hayek here, the former Philadelphia win. Good voting turnout on this one, but but Soupy was 75% of the vote here. Moving on easily into round three, and now he's going to f- – no relation, but it's going to be a Campbell against Campbell matchup in round three. I did see this. I've got the polls now up now. Uh Scott and Campbell, another dude that I've had a chance to walk by. Uh, Big dude. I'm good. Big I'm, dude. I, don't, I don't want to mess with that guy. Yeah, no. <laughs> Thick, I think, is is the term that comes to mind there. One more yeah. fight to go here in who we had. And, and by the way, I should probably let you know who we had. Brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Out there in Cloverdale since, I, th- oh, I want to say 1966. I don't have my information in front of me, but they've been there a long time. Time open now. New store hours out there. I guess they're not that new anymore. Monday to Saturday. Check them out. Stampede.ca. Shopping online is still shopping local. Hats, jeans, boots, anything you need to protect you from any kind of weather. They got it. I bet you you haven't been on that website yet, Brandon Glashian. Stampede.ca. Do it after we're done recording, but I I guarantee you will find something cool that you'll want to buy just going on that website. All right, I'll take your word for okay. it. Okay, uh, please do. One more fight to go here. The X-Man going up against Tim Bomberry. By the way, Brendan Bomberry coming up next week here on Lacrosse. I've, I've been really proactive lately booking my guests and co-hosts here. So I got uh, Ty Marrow from the Georgia Swarm and, and Bomber, Brendan Bomberry lined up for episode 93 already. And then I got just Calgary left as far as all the teams and co-hosts that, and uh, I'm, I'm efforting one Jeffrey Snyder, but I know he's, he's pretty busy right now. He hasn't replied to like my email or DM yet. So uh, Snides, if you're out there listening, uh, I'm hoping he will co-host with me for the Calgary edition in, in episode 94. And then, uh, and then I got some some cool news to deliver to you. I'm I'm gonna save it for another week. I'll give the fans a little, the listeners a little tease here. But some big news coming in the next couple of weeks as far as lacrosse classified goes. So stay tuned for that. So Robbie Desormo going up against Tim Bomberry, another convincing victory here. Six Nation always seems to show up when the votes uh, matter most. And Bomberry moving on here, 75% of the vote. And and I just like saying the last name Bomberry more than anything. <laughs> and, good, and good for Brendan, by the way. You mentioned him getting the two-year deal with Georgia. Um, I you know something? You've got you are you are tight with the Six Nations folks. I mean, you're always out there repping those guys and having their support. So, yeah, got it, man. Got it. I could there, there's a little there's a little bias there, I would presume, but uh, it's good bias because it is your podcast. Yeah, and uh, I, <laughs> there you go. And I don't mind it. Uh, and we're going to talk about uh, the Six Nations, the Indigenous, the First Nations coming up here in Quick Sticks a little. 
bit later, but I think uh, who we had is done. So once again, Patty Campbell, Scotty Campbell, Tim Bomberry, and uh, Rory Smith, because I said so, technical knockout over Daryl Singbell. Moving on into round number three, and only four fights remain left in round two, and then round three will be set. And I'm and I'm just kind of scrolling through my 64-man bracket here and kind of seeing how these guys got to round three and see who's matching up in round three and who could potentially match up in round four. And holy man, like this, this it's going to get it's going to get crazy here once <laughs> three. Like there is some. I'll just give you one. Here's one matchup: Jeff Snyder against Billy D. Smith in round three. Like I, I, I don't know who you picking. So I, Andrew Suter and Brody Merrill. Come on, I, I don't know how you vote against this. So this, this these are the type of matchups that you're going to start to see in round three and we'll have uh four more four final matchups around two coming up and who you got in quarter number four quarter number one is done however we're going to take a quick break here on lax class and we're going to come back with the assistant coach of the new england black wolves gibby daryl gibson on the other side keep it right here lacrosse flash podcast network a Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. Hey, this is Austin Owens from the Lacrosse Flash, and you're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lax Class into quarter number two we go, but not before I say thanks to the Vancouver Warriors for sponsoring the podcast here. Hashtag nothing's offside at NLL Warriors, VancouverWarriors.com. A couple of signings there coming over the weekend for the Vancouver Warriors. Uh, Camizio, I believe. Mazone, I think, in there as well. I might be getting one guy confused in there. But uh, a couple of nice signings coming for the Vancouver Warriors out of the PLL Championship Series. I love to see it. Lots of those American guys are going to get a shot here. In the meantime, check out VancouverWarriors.com for all things Vancouver Warriors and uh, new information coming out on the daily on their socials. Jake Elliott, Brendan Glasheen, episode 92, and now joining the podcast here, Daryl Gibson, assistant coach of the New England Blackwells. Gibby, thanks for doing this, man. Hey, no problem, guys. Glad to be here with you guys. Glad- nice to be talking lacrosse again. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> glad to have you aboard here. Before we get started, I, I don't know who's in charge of your Wikipedia page, maybe your mom or your, or your brother or something. They need to do some updating on it. It's, it's a little bare bones. I'll give you that right now. <laughs> but I, I want to I start with this because I, I, I couldn't confirm it or not, but I remember – hearing this and and i think i I, i'm a small part of it having called one of these but stay with me here uh founders cup you have one yes one founders cup as a midget call-up i got one shift uh my last year midget 
on a stud Scarborough Saints team that had Paddle Tool in net, Sean Williams, Jonas Dirks was on that team. Wow. Uh, it was a, a junior B team, too good for junior B. Okay. So I sat in the middle uh, of the bench, and that was my Founders Cup. Founders Cup. Minto Cup? Nothing. No Minto Cup. President's Cup? Never played senior B. Never played senior B. Five man cups, correct? Yes, five man cups. One with Brooklyn in 2000, and then four with Peterborough. Okay. Uh, two NLL championships? Yes, back-to-back with Toronto in uh, early 2000s. Okay. I just wanted to confirm all the championships there. I, th- I, thought you were, I thought you were one of the only, if not the only, to win a Founders, a Minto, a Prezi, a Man, and an NLL. No, 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 no. I, uh, I grew up in Scarborough where we didn't have a lot of junior A lacrosse in, uh, in our part of Toronto uh, at, the, at that time. Beaches were just getting started. My l- fourth or fifth year of junior um but they weren't a very good team back then okay so, okay uh, just well, a junior b-boy yeah well i'm glad uh i'm glad we we cleared that up uh it's oh, Gibby, you're, you're, Gibby, you're getting old man i am buddy I am. Remember, I'm an empty nester now, too. Oh, well, yeah. Well, we're going we're, we're gonna to talk about Tyson, obviously, coming up. But uh, the New England Black Wolves were, were kind of front and center over the last week or so, I would say, as free agency kicked off, Daryl. And, and you, you get your reigning goaltender of the year back in, in Doug Jameson that took a little bit of doing as uh, you had to match an offer from Halifax, but you lose a couple of big pieces in, in Crawford and, and LeBlanc. Uh, that's That's got to be a little tough for you guys there in the den. Walk me through free agency and how it kind of played out for you guys. Well, yeah, I mean, Steph wasn't a huge surprise just given his situation in life right now. Um, for those who don't know, Steph lives in Halifax with his wife and two kids. Yeah, I didn't know um, that. And, I didn't know and that. Had been, he works for, uh, I believe, uh, I won't say the company he works for, but he works in Halifax. And so he's been commuting to New England back and forth, trying to transfer his job to, I believe, Charlotte or somewhere in the, uh, the southern part of the U.S., um, and obviously with the current temperate visas are very challenging to get done. Um, so it looks like he's going to be stuck in Halifax for another year. And I mean, as any guys that's been around this league, you get towards the end and the family starts coming in. Uh, that is a huge factor in your decisions. And I totally get that. I've been there. I've been that guy. Um, I took a cut to play in Buffalo my last three years just to be close to my boy. It's it's something uh, yeah, absolutely. you, you kind of get. It's part of life. And um, and that being said, on the other end is the opportunity that we have a pretty good core of three young lefties that uh, we feel are ready for a, a next step and opportunity. And they started to show it. Uh, Steph got a little banged up towards the end of uh, our short season last year. Um, and uh, the other three played very well. And, uh, and we like so we're comfortable with it. Uh, you never want to lose a guy like Steph. He's an amazing vet. Brings so much to the table, but uh, at the same time, you, you got to work with what you got. As for Callum, Callum, uh, like I said, I, I was surprised a little bit by the team. I thought Callum had bought into our group, but um, you know, as you can see through, if you listen to what Callum talks about, uh, his decisions were more warranted on his life and uh, things he wanted to do in his life. So you respect that. Everyone's got their own right, and uh, he clearly didn't want to be with this group. So. We're, we're moving forward, onward and upwards. Yeah, and, and listen, I, I know Callum very well. I like Callum as a person, but 
there's a reason also that Callum Crawford has been on as many teams that, that he's been on throughout his career. That's just Callum. It, it is, and we're all different. You respect that all. Uh, and uh, it is what it is. It's, uh, you know, when I work, look at our group and we talk with our guys, uh, it's another kind of situation where other guys see opportunities. Uh, here's a chance for Q to, to really be a primary ball handler for us now and get more of those shots. Um, you know, I believe in Joe Rezateris as a one, that's for sure. Oh, He's yeah. done it in this league. He, he can do it. Yeah. You know, he people seem to forget that he took a step back to fit in with our group uh, to work with Cal. Now he gets to be what he can be, and uh, we're pretty comfortable. we still got the best goalie in the league. we got one of the best young defenses. So uh, it, it's, you know, fortunate we have a coaching staff and a GM and myself and Glenn who won multiple championships on teams with not very overpowering offenses. It was uh, good defense, smart, you know, stick no mistakes, and uh, we won some championships with good goaltending and good defense. Is there any... I don't want to use the word animosity, Daryl, because they find that to be too uh, strong. But any tension with, with Rich List, considering Rich kind of got Callum to buy in and then you have your staff, so clearly Callum was bonding with you. Just wanted to follow up. Is everything good with Rich and just kind of the falling out of all this? Well, I mean, I, I, I have no ill will towards Rich. It's uh, Everything's professional. He did what he did. Uh, the only thing I will say is how it all played out was very surprising to me. Um I don't believe we had any clear knowledge that he would be taking over the lacrosse team the way he did uh, when he made the move. But, um, you know, it, it is what it is. Rich has to take care of his his job and his family, and he's with the Riptide now. So his the second he took that job, his focus is on that organization. Yeah. So there's no ill will. It, it, it is what it is. And, uh, again, those, those are probably conversations above my pay grade that uh, I would have – I have no information to even comment on. Yeah, and listen, it, it when it comes to unrestricted free agency, I think that the gloves are off, so to speak, and, and you do what you got to do to get your guy. I think maybe where, I don't again, animosity might not be the right word, but was – the offer sheet coming from Halifax for your for your prize goaltender that's that's not something that you see happen around the league very often because almost any time that it does the team is going to match and it just kind of drives up player salaries more than anything I would think here but you know from from all the 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 inner workings that I hear this was not an easy contract offer to match here uh but you guys were always going to do it. You couldn't lose Dougie. Well, and I think that's one thing I've noticed is uh, this is where sometimes the league is a bit step behind the other leagues. Um, I feel like this is something could have been avoided if we were just a little more proactive. Look what other happened in other leagues with RFA situations. And, uh, and you put a team like the NHL model, I think is the best uh, where a team has to own up their own four, three or four first round draft picks. If they want to make that deal, that signing, um, so I think that would have completely changed the dynamic had Halifax had to put four of their first round picks on the table to make that happen. Right. Um, cause it was, a, there was nothing for them to lose. Yeah. Nothing uh, to lose. They either get one of the best goalies in the league or they put a team in their division in a, a pretty tough hole in terms of, uh, salary cap implications and, and what it does to our group. Um, so I mean, it is what it is. Again, it's one of those things where uh, everybody's allowed to do what they are, and if it's within the rules, 
this is where sometimes the rules get changed uh, after the fact, and uh, it's happened in sports for a millennia now. Looking ahead to next year, as an offensive coordinator, you mentioned your confidence in Joey Restateris. And one thing you've always told me, Gibby, when I've met with you four games, is our offense has to stay in system, stay true to the system. So what do you look forward to in terms of the challenge of creating offense without not only two guys that were very productive for you last year in Callum and uh, Stefan, but... They're also two of your more experienced players, so you're going to be a bit younger. How do you look forward to uh, challenging uh, your offense and the maneuvering of the pieces you have? Well, it's uh, I think we get an easier buy-in now. Um, you know, uh, I, I'll be the first to admit, as a veteran player in this league in my 30s, it, it sometimes it's difficult to adapt to new systems that come into this league. You've you've figured out what you've done over the years, and you know what works, but. And it's hard to accept different uh, a different way of doing it. So um, I'm excited with this group. We've got a great group. We've got great pieces that still fit together. Uh, and it's, it's a total buy-in. Uh, I expect the ball to move around even more consistently. Uh, you know, we had our ups and downs. Even the numbers look good. We had stretches last year where I remember we won that Philly game in overtime, luckily. And then we had that really bad game against Vancouver. Um, and when you go back and look at it, it's a lot of it is the ball gets stuck in one stick the whole time. Um, but when the ball moves, we were almost unstoppable at times. So I don't see much change. Uh, the fundamentals of my offense never changed. It's, it's ball movement. It's constant moving your feet. It's getting inside and creating that space and separation with the defenders and make think and move. Um, and uh, we have a good group of that can run that system. So we're pretty confident. Speaking with Daryl Gibson here on Lacrosse Classified and Gibby, uh, NOL draft just around the corner here. Next coming up next month. Black Wolves don't have a first round pick, but picking very early in in round number two. Uh, do you have an, an idea on what direction you guys want to go in the draft? Front door, back door, maybe goaltender, or are you just looking best player available at that point? I think it's always best player available. Uh, we did the same thing last year. We had to uh, adapt on the uh, on the go. You know, it's we kind of learned our lesson last year. Is we had a player we thought would fall, and then it ended up getting picked about two spots before us, and then we scrambled. So it's uh, we have a list of players, you know, who we think will will fall where they will. But uh, yeah, you just take the best player available. I think. Speaking of that, sorry, Glass, I just I want to get because we're we're right on topic here, and and just go back a year when you guys had to think your boy was coming to New England, and and Q was going number one, and then all of a sudden that flipped, and you guys probably had to react pretty quickly. Is that where you got? Were you guys expecting that to go down last year, and then kind of were like, whoa? No, it was a complete surprise, uh, but not a terrible, not a bad way at all. Uh, I mean, the scramble was easy because going into the draft, we knew who we were picking. It was either one of Q, Gibson, or uh, Reese. Yeah, That was it. We were going to get one of those three. We couldn't lose. So it was kind of actually easy to go into that draft because we didn't have to make the choice that the other two teams had to. And, um, and are you happy that it, that it kind of played out that way, Daryl, that, that Tyson can kind of do his thing somewhere else and you don't have to kind of worry about him being, or would you have rather been together with him and, and gone with it that way? Uh, I was good either way. Um, I think it's easier on both of us in terms of just working in the environment, uh, being apart. 
clearly. Uh, whether right or wrong, um, you never know how guys would feel. It, it, you know, you wonder, you do wonder if that would be a, a tougher environment to to work in. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It's it's totally better separate. It's the reason why I didn't coach him in junior and and took, turned out a lot of offers to coach junior A. Um, and because I just I wanted to be a dad and I wanted him to earn his his own stripes, and he wanted to as well. Hey, Gibby, big picture here, uh, considering how this past season just ended and, you know, looking ahead to next year, who knows in terms of how things are going to play out in terms of when we're starting and whatnot. Um, but what's your, what's the communication level like with Clem and with uh, Clarky just uh, during this time and as you get ready for the draft and same business as usual? Or are you guys having conversations often? What's the dynamic been like during the summer? It's, it's, it's never ending. We have our, our WhatsApp group chat uh, that never stops. It's 24-7, 365 days a year. Uh, you guys know Clarky well enough. Uh, he loves the game of lacrosse as well, and we all do. Um, and yeah, we still play our weekly poker or actually jumbo joined us. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did get in there. I, I, I lost a bunch of money really quickly and, and I uh, haven't been back since, but uh, maybe once <laughs> I, once I, once I get my confidence back, maybe I'll, I'll rejoin that game. So, so actually Brennan, to your point, Brennan, communication is huge with the, within our organization as a whole. Like I'm on the phone or texting most of my players, at least weekly, keeping in touch. Um, and I'm a big believer in that as a, as a coach and, uh, and, and growing a team is communications, everything. Hey, just uh, keep that Julian Kolb in line because that guy is, is a bit of a loose cannon. I know he can he can veer off the path a little bit, so make sure you keep Who's that? In. Sorry? Kolber. you got to keep that Kolber in. Oh, Julian, Julian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we keep him in line. Okay. You know, I'm sure he's – we, we make sure he wears the suits to exhibition games and, and keep him in check. So he's a good boy. Hat on frontwards. Got it. Uh, give yes. you a nice job. I uh, appreciate you, you spending a little time. And uh, hopefully we get back to some NOL action here come the new year and we can cross paths in person. That'd be fantastic. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Daryl Gibson Maybe. right there, uh, assistant care, coach of the New England Black Wolves. You take care as well. And uh, good chat there with, with the coach, uh, Glash, and, and always love talking lacrosse with Daryl Gibson. Yeah, no doubt. I, I appreciate his honesty. Gibby's always been very good with his time with me uh, at the arena in the den. And I can't help but appreciate the uh, the honesty on how things have kind of unfolded. I mean, it all happened so fast. Um, I can understand the, the knee-jerk reaction. But it, it sounds like, based on Gibby's comments, that uh, the staff's in a good place. They have confidence in the group uh, coming up here. You mentioned it to him. They don't have a first-round pick in the entry draft this coming September. Now, listen, but, O'Connor, uh, Durston, Q, like that's a nice little trio over there that, and a, a little sprinkle of everything, right? Like they, they have a little bit of everything over on that left side, and I, and I think they'll, they'll find that fourth guy as well, and they'll be fine there in New England. I, like, listen, I think you, you can't replace the leading scorer of the league offensively just like that. But guys are going to have to take a step up. There's no question about that. And Steph getting a little longer in the tooth on that left side. Like I said, he was dinged up. I, I think they can get past the LeBlanc departure. It's it's the Crawford one and how that right side's going to react is is going to be what's going to be fun to watch for me. No, no, absolutely. No doubt about it. I mean, 33 goals a year ago and the year before that, and that's 33 goals in 11 games, 48 the year before. 
uh, MVP votes in both years. I mean, granted, two years ago, the way the season ended and the unfortunate uh-huh. uh, the unfortunate penalty suspension uh, kind of caused an awkward rift. And I think that whole debacle kind of motivated the group going into the following year. Uh, and you heard Gibby say it. I mean, I was going to ask him that. He already answered the question. I was going to ask him if Joey Resseteris and his eyes could – uh, lead this group offensively. Hundred point guy, man. Right Former hundred point man in the NLL, Joey Rez. So I, I don't know if he can I get know, back yeah. to that number or not, but uh, still a very productive and, and good player. And uh, the more touches he gets, the, they're going to be just fine with that as well. And and he mentioned the Dan man. Like it's been a while since I've been to the Dan, but uh, especially as the road broadcaster there, I don't think you've ever had to experience it, but calling the game out of the corner there, kind of amongst the people, uh, was always a a unique experience and just kind of a a whole unique experience in general at the Mohegan Sun Casino where it's a a bit of a a funky seating arrangement there, but it's, it's a cool spot to watch a game. And then, you, of course, you got the resort right on the other side of the door when the game's over. Um, so a real cool spot there in New England. I like going to the Mohegan Sun Casino and, and calling games there. I hope I get a chance to do it again. Uh, as we are now done, quarter number two, halfway through Brendan Glasheen, episode 92. We're coming back. We're going under review. We're going to get you some quick sticks as well as episode 92 rolls on. Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Joe Nardella from the New England Black Wolves. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Lax class, into the third quarter we go. Associated Labels and Packaging, AssociatedLP.com, at AssociatedLP, as in Labels and Packaging. Focusing on people, ethics, quality, and of course, family-owned, 40 years in the making down there in Coquitlam. Always keeping the environment in mind and doing great things with labels and packages down there in Coquitlam. Sean Ashworth and the gang, AssociatedLP.com. Right there. Time now for quick sticks here on Lacrosse Classified. And this is just kind of where we keep you up to date in the world of lacrosse. And for the last few weeks here, Brendan Glushing, I have been listing off in rapid fire all the free agent signings or re-up new contracts, mm-hmm. what have you. So I know I've sent this to you, but I'm just going to rip through this. And then maybe at the end of that little segment, you can maybe comment on a couple of guys that popped off the page to you. Ready? Sure. Here we go. Joel McCready, one year in Vancouver. Brendan Davis, Riptide, one year. Offer sheet to Dougie, that is old news. We know that's been matched. Kyle Buchanan, Buffalo, that's a new signing. Dan Taylor, one year back in Calgary. Kreppensek to Philadelphia, big get there for Paul Day. And another in Corey Small. LeBlanc to Halifax, we talked about that. J.P. Keeley assigned for one year. Adams, Peroni, and Berdour, one year in New York. 
The Cyborg, a year contract. Burns, that's plural. Burns, two years. Marr with Philadelphia, one year. Mazone, one year. Marshall King and Scott, one year. Dutch down to San Diego. Greg Harnett down to San Diego. And that kind of caught me off guard. Two big roughneck pieces now wearing purple and gold. Leo Sturris in a second rounder to New York for a 2021 first. Big trade going down there. Gussie back in the NLL. Love to see it as uh, Ang Bang, Angus Goodleaf with Philadelphia signing a deal. Bernhardt, I like this one. San Diego going after the big long pole. John Harnett to the riptide. Tyrell with the swarm. Kyle Dawson two years in Rochester. And my man Nolan Clayton signing a contract with the New York riptide as they continue to stock the cupboards there on Long Island. What out of all that, Brendan Glasheen, uh, catches your attention the most? Wow, a lot to unfold there, huh? A lot to a lot to unpack. Well, I can say this for sure: the offer sheet with Dougie, as you mentioned, the Black Wolves responded quickly and uh, gave him a three-year deal. They matched. That's big. Um, you you hit on this right as you rattled those off. Those switches that uh, in, in the same division, better yet, right? Because now with three divisions, uh, right. those those players going from Calgary to San Diego, Dutch yeah. and Harnett, those are great, great ads. I think San, people are sleeping on San Diego a little bit because they performed so admir- admirably two years ago. They got to the West Semi, right? If I remember correctly. Uh, and then, uh, but then they had major injury final. trouble to start the year, but then they started to really sure. kind of hit their stride, and then the pandemic hit. So just as the, right. the Seals were starting to ramp it up, I think, like get back to their form, and then the pandemic hit. But you're right. Like, I, you know, they, they've lost a couple of guys, but they've signed a couple of guys, and they're going to give a couple of new guys some chances as well. Jay Carlson, I like that signing as well. I think that kid's going to make it. Uh, in the NLL. Uh, I mentioned that last week. So, again, I love to see it. Lots of teams kind of watching this PLL Championship Series and going, I think that guy can play box lacrosse, and we're going to give him a shot here in, in camp coming up. And more teams are starting to do it. I love to see it, and I think it's going to start to happen more and more as we move along. I'm also, I'm also getting this vibe with Philadelphia that they almost want to emulate what Buffalo did two years ago mm. and just load up the forward and have plenty of options. There's going to be one or two players. I think that are going to be not upset, but yeah, well, there are too many bodies in, in one position, right? Like there's, they got, they got a lot right. of, a lot of bodies at the same positions and, and there's going to be some guys come available or out of work. Exactly. So Corey small is a great ad for them because seeing how small did two years ago with, Buffalo down the stretch in the postseason, that guy on the power play is an absolute machine. Um, So I'm curious as to how, all right, Philadelphia clearly showcasing, all right, we're in win-now mode, no no longer just the expansion team kind of hanging around, and we've got some fun players like Baptiste and Rambo and Reardon. No, 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 no. We're trying to win it. We're trying to win a championship next year. Like we showed enough improvement from year one to year two that we're we're right there. We're on the doorstep for making an impact. I do like uh, – I'm happy for Kyle Buchanan getting an opportunity with Buffalo yeah. because Kyle Buchanan kind of got uh, pushed to the side a bit, I feel like, in, in his uh, his little tenure there uh, most recently. So I'm happy for him. I think that's a good place for him to land. Uh, 
There's a lot going on yeah, here, right? No, I know. There's a ton. I like to see McCready back in, in Vancouver there as well. Heart and soul guy, big team guy. So as far as, as unrestricted free agents left here, uh, I haven't quite updated it yet. But uh, Garrett Billings, who I hear might retire. Uh, Curtis Manning with the Roughnecks. Johnny Lintz with Colorado. Sid Smith, he hasn't played in a while. I don't know what's going on there in Halifax, whether he's just done or not. Uh, Patty Saunders with New York. Going to be in tough there to, to make that squad, I think, nearing the end of his career. Kevin Buchanan with Philadelphia. Travis Cornwall with Saskatchewan. Edwards with Toronto. Beelich, Snyder, Hawksby with Vancouver as far as unrestricted guys go. And then... Still some notables uh, in restricted free agents, but uh, we won't go down that road because those guys are mostly going to get locked up and we'll just let you know when that happens. So, yeah, we'll just kind of try and continue to to keep you up to date on all the signings here on Lax Class as we move along. But lots of guys off the board in free agency and and, uh, the signings will just kind of keep trickling in here as we work our way to the draft and then we'll probably have some trades to talk about and who knows what else. Speaking of the NLL draft, the date finally announced September the 17th. It's going to be a virtual draft. Uh, Steven Stamp, Devin Devin Caney and Teddy Jenner will, and Tabitha, of course, uh, there too, will be handling draft duties and uh, I'm excited to see how this thing kind of rolls out. Uh, A virtual draft and like 30 different contributors. There's going to be a lot going on on (laughs) September 17th. Yeah, I think... uh... I think the league has got the right idea on this. Get as many voices as possible to get involved and don't want to spoil too much because that's, I guess, somewhat internal. Sure. But um, yeah, this is going to be, this is good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad the draft is, is going to stay right, right now about a month away. Uh, a lot to unfold, of course. And, and there's momentum here. Like, I don't want to go too far into this, but, you said it too in some of these free agent signings. Like, there's motivation to let some of these field players from PLL or MLL to come on over. And I think there's lots of momentum in how that championship series went in Utah and how everything unfolded in Annapolis. So, there's a lot of momentum here being built towards a draft, especially with the announcement. It's, it's honestly like I had to remind myself before I hopped on with you today. Oh yeah, like there's an expansion team now coming in a year. Like there's just a lot. There's a lot of good stuff yeah. happening. Yeah. And I know, I know there's going to be a little bit of a lull here, but we got to consider uh, in, including folks like yourself. And I know Stamper will have his uh, his his predictions, his uh, mock drafts coming out. Sure. Like all of a sudden, we're going to be into September. Well, and I'll we're tell you. Really. In- I'll tell you, Glash, that you know, like from years gone by. Compared to, like, when the NOL season used to end, it was, like, over until the draft. Like, you, it went dark when I first kind of broke in with the league. Like, there was no – like, the off season, you just didn't hear it from the league. And now it's it's becoming much more NHL-ish, much more NFL-ish, where it is a year-round thing. There's always – something going on they're always in the news they're talking about something something like something is always happening so yeah it's been a long time without actual games but you still feel connected because they're making the effort to keep engaged and and that's what i love to see so um we'll we'll discuss more about the nll draft as we get a little closer to the date but september the 17th it is coming up uh sooner than later so stay tuned 
for that is we've got to move along here in Quick Sticks. Uh, they are called Quick Sticks, Brandon Glashing. Quick Sticks. Stay with me here. Warriors coaches announced it, and last year it was kind of a – well, it was already announced. Caleb Toth was going to be the offensive coach taking over for Roy McDade, and uh, they just announcing that Curtis Hodge, Curtis Hodgson will be on the defensive bench this coming year. Uh, Clay Richardson stepping down for – a little more family time, and, and Haji, uh, the only guy to have his jersey retired by the franchise, will be the new defensive coach there in Vancouver. Love to see it. Big Curtis Hodgson fan. And uh, now that coaching staff there in Vancouver, Chris Gill, Caleb Toth, Curtis Hodgson, I like the mix uh, that they got going there in Warrior Country. Yeah, it's good. I mean, those guys that you've, uh, you've been able to keep tabs on and have relationships with because it's important for you. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Uh, always keeping a close eye on those Vancouver Warriors. Got to. Uh, listen, what else do we got here on Quick Sticks? 50,000 signatures now for the Iroquois nice. Nationals petition. Uh, sign that petition. It's pinned on my Twitter feed, at PXP for Sports. Top tweet there. Sign that petition, 50K. And, and getting a little word here that we're oh – man, I don't even want to get into it. Keep talking. Keep pushing do not let this issue go away into the night uh, keep raising your voice and keep pushing to get the Iroquois Nationals into the world games in Birmingham in 2020 listen I, I I'm not going to go down the road again no Iroquois no lacrosse that's it so let's get him into the world games and then we'll across the Olympic bridge I know they got to jump through a bunch of hoops and make things happen Priority number one, get them into the world games, and then we can go down the IOC road to the Olympics in the coming years. But right now, if the world games and world lacrosse do not make this happen, do not go play lacrosse at those games. That's all I'm going to say. Let's move along. Can I tell you something? Yes, you can. Can I tell you something? Yeah. When I was in Israel two summers ago, the hype and the buildup of the Iroquois coming or not coming yeah. uh, to the World Championships uh, was the story of the whole tournament. And granted, there's a lot of uh, there was a lot of buildup between the United States and Canada. Like that's a great storyline in of itself. But I think from a an appreciation of the sport, and we saw this firsthand last weekend with Zed Williams. And I noticed you you t- retweeted this on your Twitter with. Lyle Thompson's comments about he could give a damn about the trophy. Yeah. Like he's holding a stick because Zed Williams. He tried to hand his MVP trophy to a teammate. I just, I I could not stop smiling. And and I almost started crying, to be quite honest with you, how emotional that was. It was. And I just think overall, like these guys, to your point, just don't play if they're not coming. Yeah. These guys are ballers, man. They are they are terrific for the game. When they got to Israel, they, they are showed the game. up. They are and the, made game. the game. Yeah. They yeah. are the game. Yes. And you know, and look, and, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk like I know all of the ins and outs by heart. I mean, you're way more well versed in it than I am, but I, I, I just know I, I understand There's a way, where your energy's coming there from. There is a way. It's not that difficult to figure it out. Make it. It's 2020. Just do the right thing and make it happen. I don't care. Just do the right thing. 
Um, more to go here on quick sticks and, and still quite a bit here. So let's, let's pick it up here a little bit. Clash team store, lacrosse, flash.com team store, lacrosse, classified t-shirts up there for your purchasing pleasure. I suggest you buy those one of each Brendan glass sheen, tell your friends WLA podcast coming out every Wednesday. Nanaimo Timberman are coming up this week. So tomorrow WLA weekly episode six, John Phillips, Danny Marshall, and Dave Bremner joining me for WLA Weekly Team in Edition. Tune in for that. We talked about uh, Zeddy Williams and, and what a performance that was. Joe Nardella has to be mentioned as well uh, since we're talking Black Wolves here, Brendan. What a performance from the face-off man and, and Zed Williams as the ship snakes get it done back-to-back PLL Championship. <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy for Joey Nardella. He's a really good person and a dude. He even said it in his NBC interview after winning the title. This isn't for us. This is for the fans back home, our families that sacrificed. They did such a nice job of putting it together. And he, he, he is honestly a, 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 one of the hardest workers I've had a chance to get to know. He was super humble about really well spoken too. Making Yes, like finally making an NLL team. And it wasn't just a situation where, okay, I'm happy to be here. I made the team. Like, no, he worked at it. And he had a good year. I mean, yeah. face-off guys in the NLL had a pretty good season, yeah. I, I thought. And he um, was supposed to come out here. Even, he was supposed to come out here and play for the Sandbillies this summer as well. I was really looking forward yeah. to seeing him play some Canadian summer ball. And obviously that didn't pan out. Hopefully it's still in the cards for him. But I, I've been nothing but impressed. And he's been on the program uh, with Joe Nardella, not only for his for his face-off prowess, but how hard, like you said, he's worked work to, to become a legit defender in the box game as well and, and a little scoring touch to go along with it in the field game. So congratulations to, to Rambo and the gang there with the Whip Snakes back-to-back PLL championships uh, down there in Utah. I thought the whole tournament was fantastic. Really enjoyed watching it all. And the boys at Lacrosse Flash just killed it on the coverage as well. So uh, good times all around. There, that Josh Byrne goal, by the way, in the in the final, or was, <laughs> like I just I, I don't even know what to say about about was that the semifinal? <laughs> it was the semifinal. It was the semifinal. But holy yes. crap! Yeah, yeah. He, J- Jake, I had a chance to call some of his games when he was at Hofstra. Um, he had a goal similar to that against Georgetown, and it, even just you could tell he was going to be special years ago. And you, and that's, that's not a hot take. I mean, I know people know that. Like Josh Berman. Yeah, no, I, I watched him in junior um, lacrosse as like a 17, 18-year-old kid and, and a, you, before he went to Hostra, and, and you could tell. Like you could just tell this kid was, was going places. I, I just want to know, too, like not even, of course, the physical gifts you have to have to pull that off. Mm. But also, I would love to be – I wish I was inside his head to know, okay, this is how I'm going to do this. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's granted it's probably instinct, but how in the world does he tell himself, okay, I'm going to go between the legs, angle oh. the ball in this direction. He puts some and, smoke uh, on yeah. it. Like, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a muffin <laughs> right. either, right? Like, it, like I, it was yeah. uh, it was pretty, pretty damn impressive stuff. And always been a big Josh Byrne fan and will continue to be one. Couple more things here. I want to get a quick thank you into all the essential and frontline workers who – 
I know we have a bunch listening to the podcast and uh, appreciate you guys and, and the work that you guys continue to do to fight this pandemic. So I just I want to make sure I get that in. I don't know if you're probably not caught wind of this here, Glash, but uh, the Ontario Lacrosse Officials Association have kind of branched out on their own here, sending a letter to the Ontario Lacrosse Association saying our relationship is not a good one and we're going to kind of start to do our own thing here and if you want to negotiate with us we are now our own identity and we're going to start working with individual leagues independently from the OLA so we saw the 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 Ontario Junior Lacrosse League disband from the Ontario Lacrosse Association now we've seen the Ontario referees do the same thing and again, I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. The trickle-down effect is going to start to pick up some steam here. We're going to start to see more of this. The landscape of Canadian summer lacrosse is is changing right before our eyes. So stay tuned on that as well. Two more things I got here and, and just kind of networked with, with this person, Brian Garcia, I want to say his name is, from uh six feathers lacrosse balls and and i don't know if you've checked these things out or not brandon but check them out six feathers lacrosse balls and and more or less they're like a commemorative is that how i'm saying that word (laughs) at least i'm trying to you got it right okay um it's like a yeah it's like a keepsake ball that you can get autographed and it's larger it's like it's more or less it's a lacrosse ball meant for autographs and and to keep or to give as a gift or or what they're really cool and they've worked with USA Lacrosse, uh, PLL, MLL, and uh, they're they're sending me a couple of samples. I want to check these out and then uh, and then I think I'm going to put them in touch with the NLL because I think these things are that cool, and I want people to check them out because uh, it's a very unique kind of gift idea if you're a lacrosse fan and if you're listening to this you probably are uh always looking for gift ideas so check out six feathers lacrosse balls and uh let me know what you think at pxp for sports last thing i got well yeah what you got i was just well i would just i would just like to mention maybe if you, if you beat gibby and clarky and in, in poker you would have had a chance to, to, to get your hands on some of these yeah you make sure you win next time i know man uh, they, i think that they they suckered <laughs> me in right there no i i took one bad beat and, and then i kind of went on tilt and i was like i'm out of here but uh anyways <laughs> well we'll we'll talk about that the last thing i got here on quick sticks i promise uh, i somebody tipped me off on this uh, i know you're probably a dead Dedicated listener and subscriber to the Call Her Daddy podcast, uh, Brendan Glasheen. Do you do you listen to the girls from Barstool Sports at, at Call Her Daddy? Uh, I'm not. I, I've heard of it. I've seen clips, but I, I am not a loyal listener. Yeah, me me, me either. But uh, somebody somebody tipped me off onto this. Apparently, a little lacrosse reference on on Call Her Daddy. I'm not going to play it on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> because the girls on on call her daddy can get a little risque, if you will, but a little lacrosse reference. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're a, a, a subscriber or a listener to the Call Her Daddy podcast, episode eighty nine at the eight oh six mark. Just tune in for that audio gold. Wow, right there, episode eighty nine. Call 89. her daddy is only call her daddy is only three episodes behind. Yeah, your podcast. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they they probably have about a million more subscribers. 
worse than <laughs> But that's okay. That's okay. One podcast at a time here. One podcast at a time. Okay. Uh, Brennan, it's now time to go under review. It's time for Under Review, presented by G. Wilson Construction. The challenge flag has been thrown, so now it's time to take the matter under review. Under Review, brought to you by G. Wilson Construction. Of course, an award-winning firm with a single focus, building fine custom homes. Upload your resume today at gwilsonconstruction.com. And uh, start your career in the construction business. I know they are hiring new bodies almost weekly there at G. Wilson Construction as their business continues to pick back up after uh, a little bit of a lull. And once again, out there at uh, beautiful Silvermere Lake in Mission at the Wilsons over the weekend, enjoying a little hot tub overlooking the lake. Uh, Just a beautiful place out there. And uh, had a lovely weekend with the Wilsons once again. And uh, gwilsonconstruction.com. Check them out. Under review. And and normally I I like to tell the co-host what we're going to talk about in under review. I, I just had this suggestion come in from a listener slid into the dms and and suggested this and i liked it because i'm always looking for under review suggestions so this will be news to you as well but he said can you please explain why the sport of lacrosse has to change its game in order to be played at the olympics now i don't know how much you know about this clash but the, the game of lacrosse, the sport of lacrosse, to what we know box lacrosse and field lacrosse to look like is going to look quite different at the Olympics. Um, I, I'm trying to recall all the, the changes and everything that is that is happening. It's kind of going to be like a six-on-six, six, free-flowing, shorter field, uh, like no face-offs. Uh, some of the, the cross-checking or stick rules are going to be a little bit different. And so he's asking why this needs to happen. And, and I said I would do my best to explain why. So here I go. And, and if you have some added education to add in there, Brendan, you can do that, I guess, when I'm done. But the simplest way for me to try and explain it, and, and I've talked about it when I talked about the Iroquois being included, if they're not, the, I'm already like a little apprehensive to see what the game is going to look like. I, I feel like the sport is bending over to the IOC here, and 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 I'm a little worried about the integrity of the sport and what it's actually going to look like. Will it even be lacrosse if it's played at the Olympics? But I guess the reason why that this needs to happen, it's been it's because all the other countries need to be able to compete. So I think the way that they've laid out the rules and the format, so a bunch of things go into this. The time it takes to play a game for TV purposes, the amount of countries that can compete and field rosters. Is it friendly for the men's and the women's game? All There is a ton of different factors that go into determining why the sport is going to look the way it looks, but it's all for the IOC's benefit and and ideal I guess at the end of the day it's for television to make it as viewer friendly as possible and easy to understand for 
people around the world that have never, ever seen the sport before. Right. So Keep going. Yeah, no. So I, I'm saying that the rules that they have made are so it is as simple and easy to play and to understand for the entire world. So what we know, and obviously we, we've been around this sport for 100 years here in Canada, we know the game inside and out. Somewhere in Argentina, say, they are not going to know the sport of lacrosse. So when they watch it for the first time, it has to be very easy to digest and simple to understand. And I think that is why they have curtailed all the rules, the playing surface, and everything to make it very easy to watch and to understand and do it in a timely fashion for television. Does that make sense? Right. I mean, it does make sense because even even we've had these discussions, or at least that's been part of some discussions even in the NLL, in terms of how to not uh, completely reshape the game, but how can we make the sport more di- – uh, how can it be digested – more smoothly for a television product. I mean, that was some of the those were some of the loopholes that the Ravens had to go through with the PLL in terms of yeah. changing the quarter length, the, the color of the ball, so for uh, for better TV purposes. And I think what you're getting at here, Jumbo, is we are both loyal, diehard lacrosse fans. So when a new nation is now consuming it, are we worried it's going to tarnish previous beliefs and understandings of how we come to understand the sport? I am. I'm personally, I am very concerned about that. Like I, I, I I'm, I'm really worried that we're going to stray too far away from the sport that we have come to know and love because we want to get the sport in the Olympics so badly that we're willing to, to compromise the integrity of the game to do it. That is my concern. It's fair. It's a fair point. I mean, I, I can't, I can't argue with that. But there must be some of you that feels you'd go to some length. Yeah, like I want to. I want to see it get, get to it the. the yeah, I, absolutely. I want to see it get to the next level. I, I want to see it in the Olympics. Of course, I do. Why wouldn't I? But with that being said, I want to see the actual sport of lacrosse played. I think box lacrosse is the way to go, not field lacrosse. But there's just not enough nations playing the sport of box lacrosse yet to make it an Olympic sport, I think, is is the issue there. But, again, no Iroquois, no lacrosse at the Olympics, and let's try and keep some sort of resemblance of the creator's game when we get there. So uh, hopefully I did a, a decent job of, of explaining why they're going to do what they're going to do at the Olympics should lacrosse get there. And I think it will. Um, but that's that's the best I got for you. Hopefully you enjoyed under review on episode 92. And that was a long third quarter. So let's take a break here. Let's get to quarter four. Stampede Tax, who you got coming up? And then we'll get you out of here and on your way. Episode 92, back after this on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ryan Diltz from the Saskatchewan Rush. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, throwing the game one podcast at a time. And now it's time for Who You Got. 
Welcome back to Lax Class Quarter for no more breaks here on episode 92. Jake Kelly, Brendan Glasheen, voice of the New England Black Wolves, on with me co-host. And thanks for doing this, uh, Glasheen. And like I mentioned, next week, Ty Marrow and Brendan Bomberry for episode 93. Then the Calgary Roughnecks are up. If Jeff Snyder doesn't reply, then then i got to really figure something out. Uh, hopefully we'll get a Roughneck on. And uh, and then some news coming your way as we work our way to episode 100. Of course, uh, the Who You Got tournament will be just about wrapping up when we approach episode 100 as well. So some big news coming up. Stay tuned for that. Uh, Who You Got brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western, where I mentioned that riding season now here. Brandon Glass, you need those motorcycle leathers to protect you in case you... Tip over on the old hog there. Leathers, boots, gloves, you name it. Stampede.ca. We're shopping online. It's still shopping local. Don't forget, Brennan, get on that website when we're done recording here and, and tell me what you come up with because I know you're going to buy something. Okay. 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 Who you got? Uh, you know the drill here. Four fights coming up, and these will be posted up on Twitter. I promise I will do it correctly this week. At least I really... Hope I will. I'll, I'll do my absolute best. Uh, four more fights to round out round two here, and then we're into round number three. Let's start uh, here with Brody McDonald, the other goaltender still left in this bracket, going up against Ward Sanderson. So goaltender up against a, a Vancouver Burrard legend tough guy here and. Uh, I was asking the GM of the Warriors, Dan Richards, I said, give me a good Ward Sanderson story. He goes, well, he goes, you know, I don't, I don't really have one of Ward, but I could tell you this. He never backed down from anybody. And I, and he said, I used to love watching him go toe to toe with Al Luthwaite back in the day. And anybody that knows Al Luthwaite, who originally was in this bracket, but I had to take him out to, for somebody. Anyways. Ward Sanderson <laughs> going up against Brody McDonald here. Who you got? Ward San- or Brody McDonald? Yeah. Give me give me Ward Sanderson. Okay. Give me Ward Sanderson. Fair enough. Ward Sanderson it is. Uh, I I kind of want to see Brody move on in this tournament, but I kind of don't like I kind of want to get the goalies out of it because I don't think they're, you know, they're not going to make it to the final. But I I I like Brody but I I'm going to go Ward Sanderson here as well. I think uh just, you know, I I think a little technique here. He's been in more fights than Brody on the lacrosse floor. Uh, I think Brody's got the reach in this scrap, but I'm going to go Ward Sanderson to take out Brody McDonald. Well, the vote will go up on Twitter. Uh, had a chance to to run into this guy a, a, a few days ago. Brother of one Colorado Mammoth head coach, Pat Coyle. Mike Coyle, straight out of Orangeville, Man Cup champion with the Brampton Excelsiors back in 93, I want to say. Mean SOB here. Mike Coyle going up against Big Mo and Jeff Molesky, former Roughneck, former Stealth. Jeff Molesky up against Mike Coyle here, Brendan. Who you got? Considering I've met Pat before, uh, briefly, yeah. uh, when Colorado came to New England, not last year, but the year before, uh, I'd like to stay on the Coyle's good side. Right, right. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take Mikey. I'll yeah. take Mikey Coyle. Yeah. Then again, though, I'm looking at Jeff, looking at Jeff Molsky here today. I did, I did look up some of these guys before we got started. Uh, 
guy's a big guy too. Yeah. These guys are all big dudes. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, uh, forearms the man. size of some guy's legs uh, on Molesky, but uh, you're right. Like Pat Coyle was no no sunflower out on the lacrosse floor in his own right, but Mike was like <laughs> a, a next level. Like he was he was nasty and then and then would would go to town on you so i'm going coiler here as well and and that leads us to our next fight here in kyle laverty who at one time was the national cross league's all-time penalty minute leader before billy d smith took over that crown but he's taken on the man i lost to in in round one here glash and that's scotty psycho mcmichael and Talking with Mike Coyle, I said, you know, like, you got Molesky this week, but if you win this round, then you're going up against McMichael, who I think is going to get past Laverty rather easily here. But you can tell me who you got. But uh, apparently Coyle and McMichael used to go like four times a year back in their playing days, kind of from the same era, and both real – like they just every time that they play against each other, they would fight each other. So I think some real mutual respect. Anyways, Kyle Laverty, Psycho McMichael, who you got? Ontario Lacrosse Hall of Famer, correct? Yes. Scotty McMichael. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, if anyone, I didn't even know he had the nickname Psycho. Well, right. You need to tell me he's got the. Yeah. If he's got the nickname sandwiched in there between his two names, uh, I don't know how you don't go with him. Well, exactly, and and the fact that he beat me in round one. Glass should should be enough evidence for you that, that this guy's the real deal. That too. Uh, but yeah, you got a name like Psycho in your handle. I, I'm taking you to go pretty deep in this tournament, but we'll see. So McMichael over Laverty, we both shall take three down, one to go, and this is a beauty. I'd like to see this fight happen in real life. Jamie Hackle taking on Paul. Dawson, you want to talk about big boys. Hackle, Dawson, who you got? Well, I'm biased because they've had a chance to witness Paul Dawson uh, up close. Mm-hmm. Um, did he retire yet or is he still playing? I forget. I think I, uh, he's still, still kicking, Rochester. Rochester. He's still kicking, right? We're in the captaincy okay. in Rochester, I believe. Right. I wasn't sure if he made a decision this offseason. Yeah, no, I think, he's, back next uh, year I think he's going to play until somebody tells him he can't. Well, See right there. Even that that attitude itself is exactly why I'm. I'm uh, you know, Paul Dawson. Okay. Look out. Yeah, look out Dawson. Uh, I, I'll, I'll take I'll take Paul Dawson. Yeah, let me let me give you the path here for Paul Dawson. Uh, so this is only round two. So he got he got past Brian Shanahan in round one. Jamie Hackle getting past Sean Rouse in in round one. And I don't know, man. Like, Jamie Hackle's head is so – it's like a bowling ball. And I just don't know – like, if <laughs> – I don't think you can hurt it. Like, you can punch it as many times as you a bowling ball as you want. You're going to hurt your hand more than you're going to hurt the bowling ball. You know what I'm saying there? So, I I, I think I got to go – I got to go Jamie Hackle here because I just don't know how you, how you crack that cranium. And not saying that Paul couldn't do it, but I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen it happen. So I'm going to go Jamie Hackle to take down Paulie Dawes. We'll see how it plays out. I also, go ahead. I also feel like Paul Dawson kind of has a, a soft spot to him. And I mean that in ice A lot of these guys like, do, Brandon. A lot of these guys do. I know. You're going to find that with the tough guys. I've, I've, had a chance, I've had a chance to meet Paul in person, like, briefly. But it just, just seems like, all right, like, there's my bias right there. You've met all these guys more than I have, or you have met them. Well, you, you go up and down um, the list. Andrew Suter, Brody Merrill. The, 
Billy D. These guys are are some of the nicest guys you're ever going to meet on off the floor. But you get them on the floor, just don't piss them off. Yeah, look at, <laughs> and just just don't do it. Just don't. Do it. Uh, so all those fights will be posted up at Lax Class, at Lax Class via Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show on Instagram as well, at Lacrosse Classified. Got a Facebook page. Email. If you're not on social media, you can email me at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Of course, uh, all my social media handles, at PXP for sports. Brendan Glasheen, how can the peoples follow you? Uh, BJ underscore Glash on both Twitter and Instagram. There you go. And, uh, yeah. What's the, the J? What's the J stand for? Uh, Joshua, middle oh. name. Okay, Brendan Joshua nothing, Glasheen. Nothing crazy. Thank you for uh, <laughs> co-hosting Lacrosse Classified with me this week. I had a lot of fun. Hey, that was good stuff. Like you talked about before, we did it. I thought the timing was excellent, considering all of the New England Black Wolves fireworks and uh, a little bias here. I'm happy New England held on to Dougie Jameson. Me too. No Dougie. Uh, Hmm. You lost the best goalie, young goaltender in the league, and then oh, the top scorer in the league, and arguably the MVP of the league the last two years. Yeah. Oh boy, that would have been a uh, would have been a tough, tough pill. Daryl Gibson on today would have been a tough <laughs> pill, no question. Thanks to Daryl Gibson for coming on the program. Of course, our fabulous sponsors and Stampede Tack, Vancouver Warriors. Associated Labels and Packaging and G. Wilson Construction. The biggest thanks goes out to you, the loyal listener, for checking out Lacrosse Classified every single Tuesday via the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. But now, episode number 92 is over. For Brendan Glasheen, I've been Jake Kelly, and I'm for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, we'll talk to you on episode 93 of Lacrosse Classified. Stay safe and stay healthy, everybody.